0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hansen. Thurley Ruxton by Philip Viral Miguels. Chapter 36 An Offer of Help. Zagorski, being herself a heavy sleeper, once that uh, condition of inactivity was achieved, proposed taking no chances with her captive. She had no mind or inclination for sitting up awake or otherwise assuming needless responsibilities with an important captive while drugs were cheap and certain. At length made certain that Thurley was wrapped in the folds and weavings of the baleful stuff employed, she closed the door upon her, went actively down the stairs, and strode unexpectedly in upon the three of her following, smoking in the kitchen of the house over the dishes of their dinner. Inasmuch as she nearly always approached them in this stealthy manner, the three were not unduly surprised. Pellevin quickly rose from his seat and offered her a chair. She sat near the stove, for the night was cold and the house leaked air like a sieve. "'So,' she said, eyeing the men before her with her penetrative stare, "'you are all convinced I know nothing of my business, "'and are all of a mind to murder the girl and get away?' "'She had heard no more than a word on entering, "'yet had diagnosed the state of their minds unerringly. "'It was not yet certain,' "'said the man called Max. "'I was willing the matter should be discussed with you "'to decide or at least show cause for this dangerous delay.' "'Ah!' said Zagorski. "'You were willing that that I, the brains, and all of this enterprise "'should squeak like a mouse at the Conference of Lions?' "'The fellow Jan was in a sullen mood.' he was not to be immediately browbeaten into his customary submission we shall presently have the whole pack down upon us he said we are not in europe they manage things differently here in america have i not reason to know we should be satisfied to obliterate this much of the power and oppression of Herzegovsky now. Take no chances of her escape, and work for the Grand Duke afterward. You mean to murder and run with our business half-accomplished, corrected Zigorsky, malevolently. It is your usual cowardly method. I say I shall get them both— by midnight of tomorrow, at the latest. As for escape, chained logs do not vanish in smoke through a keyhole, and re-embody themselves outside to roll away. She is a bird in hand, insisted Jan, averting his gaze from the ice-blue eyes he dreaded. If you find the task too severe for delicate hands, it is business that must be done.' Do you threaten, asked the woman quietly, let one of the three of you dare appear above the head of the stairs between this hour and eight in the morning, or all the three, if you have the courage between you? But eight o'clock, said Pelevin, this is very late. I sleep late, answered Sigorsky. Have I inconvenienced myself for years to bring this capture about only to disturb myself for no reason now? When at last I have earned my morning's repose, I repeat it, eight o'clock. The girl may sleep till nine. Jan continued sullen and wedded to his topic. "'Instead of the duke appearing at the broken mill, you will have a posse on our heels. "'And even though it may be different, what purpose does it serve to keep the princess here alive?' "'Several purposes, best known to myself,' answered the woman, leader of the business. "'Even you should perceive there may be be a final necessity of showing this girl to the duke "'at the window of the mill before he will enter the trap.' But, mark my word, he will not come alone, insisted Chan. One potentaten's grave is worse, too, in a cordon of police. Think you Hodgehouse is unwary? Think you Karl Wilhelm goes about in unprotected, free to blunder to our trap? Max took his pipe from his mouth. He is still in hiding from Wink and the baron he supplied. He is little-minded for more coercion here in the land of the free. I have only one question to ask, said Zagorski calmly. Who engineered this capture of the princess? Who brought about its success? Who have been the failures heretofore? She rose and stood facing the table, her back to the stove. Bah! Of the three of you, Jan, you are the least endowed with brains in this association. Yet I had not thought even you reduced to common hurried murder in your utter lack of finesse. I know my duty, growled the man. We'll see what we shall see. A threat, she demanded as before. If it comes to that, at least fling it out like a man. I make no threats, said Jan sullenly, puffing at his pipe. Only. She waited, but he did not complete his sentence. I understand, she said, more soothingly herself, a little fearful of this blood desiring man. When the hour arrives, it shall be you, no other, that has the deal, the honour. The glory of the stroke, he glanced up quickly. Is it a promise? All agree? I am all, and I agree, said Zagorsky in a way of magnificence all her own. And that being settled, an hour for consultation. The council sat till midnight, resolving there by the glowing stove the plans for assuring the coming of the duke. To meet a awaiting doom, there were no more hints of mutiny, but all agreed that instantly upon the possible appearance of deliverance, sent for Thoroughly, the knife in the hands of Jan should do its work, no matter what the after consequences to any in the band. ZIGORSKY retired a little after twelve. Thoroughly was sleeping like the princess of legend, bound by a magic spell. In its corner the oil-stove, rank with emanations, glowed all night, like a beacon set to lure trusting ships on the reef. At eight in the morning a thunderous and long-continued pounding on the door roused thoroughly from her torpor, while still her captor rasped a song of sleep. It was Pelivan ready to bring the breakfast but desiring the dishes of the meal of the evening before the door was locked a precaution zagorski had taken on her own initiative lest jan be overzealous in the night she was roused at last reluctantly and heavily emerging from her hibernation which thoroughly duly noted the day had officially begun It was destined to be a day of dullness, dread, and desolation, broken but once in the morning when the breakfast things had gone. Zagorsky was summoned to the room below, and Pelevin returned for the earthenware cups over which the woman had lingered. The door had been left a trifle open, Zagorsky desiring to hear any sounds that might be of moment above. The man, thus alone with Thurley, abruptly placed the utensils once more on the table. He turned to the girl with a face transformed to one of contrition and shame. "'Ah, your highness,' he whispered in a tragic undertone, suffused with intense emotion, "'I can no longer bear that you shall regard me also with the hatred and dreads the suspicion and horror these others may inspire.' I have waited to tell you, declare my loyalty, my friendship, my wish to assist you to escape. And down on his knees the fellow sank, his hands held imploringly before him. Thoroughly was startled more than surprised by the abruptness of his actions. Something in his face the previous evening had a little prepared her mind for some such declaration— Yet she hardly knew what were best to do in the moment that might be vouchsafed them. "'Oh, if you could, if you only could really help me,' she said, her voice, barely more than a whisper. "'But what can I possibly do?' "'Your friends,' he said eagerly. "'Let them know. Your royal fiancée. In an hour I must go to the village for meat.' A letter, a note to the to the duke, sir, brave young duke. Let me take it, if only a line. But I have no paper, no pencil. My other friends," she answered eagerly. "If I tell them all, ah, to ruin everything," he interrupted imploringly. "If so many come, are seen from here, your life must pay the forfeit, on the instant. This is predetermined. Let the duke come alone. He only, and I can help." "'Ah, a part of a letter.' "'He had snatched an old letter from his pocket and torn away the second sheet. "'But a stub of pencil only. "'This he likewise produced, with grime from a pocket of his vest. "'Write it! "'Write it quick! "'There is not a moment to lose, and already I know where to find him.' "'The tears rolled swiftly from his eyes.' It is so little I may do, but your life shall be saved. I shall not have lived in vain. I shall have not suffered shame, degradation for nothing. He dashed away the tears. But right! Thurley was deeply affected by the fellow's outburst of emotion. She felt new hope in the day. Quickly kneeling by the table, she turned once more to the man. Where am I? Where shall I tell him to come? Uh, the village of North Winnig, Long Island, Pelivan whispered rapidly. Tell him you are captive in the old mill, one mile out to the eastward, where he shall come at nine o'clock tonight, but come alone on peril of your life. Tell him you will go with no one else, and to bring no help nearer than the village. Thoroughly started to write in feverish haste. She paused, "'But tonight at nine I may be drugged again and fast asleep.' "'I am the cook,' he whispered. "'I shall leave out the drug. "'You shall then pretend to sleep, and leave the rest to me.' "'She wrote again, but stopped to inquire. "'This house is a mill?' "'At the front, which you have not seen. "'Ah, if we waste the time!' "'He had risen and now tiptoed to the door and listened there intently. "'It is nearly done. "'I must appear below.' There, there, said Thurley, signing the note, and she placed it at once in his hand. He read it hurriedly. It was written in German. Dear Karl Robley, I am captive in an old mill one mile out to the east from village of East Winnig, Long Island. You must come alone to save me. Bring no one with you nearer than the village, and at nine to night. It is important that you come alone. You must remember that, or it seems i am sentenced yours thoroughly carl robley he said inquiringly but his name thoroughly reddened she had thought by this means it might be possible to get the intelligence also to stiverin who far more than all the dukes in the world might move effectively a nickname she told the man without the slightest hesitation no one calls him so but myself "'The better, then. Then he will know it is from yourself,' agreed Pelevin hurriedly, tucking the note in his pocket. "'The blessing of the god, if I shall be able to help you, my princess.' Again the tears welled swiftly to his eyes, and kneeling he kissed the hem of her skirt, then hastened to his dishes, made a noisy clatter at the table, and sprang through the door to stumble awkwardly down the stairs, which Madame Zagorsky was ascending. End of chapter thirty six.